Twice a week, Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay dissect the biggest topics in Black culture, politics, and sports on their show, Higher Learning. They discuss the most important and timely conversations while also frequently inviting guests on the podcast and occasionally debating each other. Check out Higher Learning on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity, the unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome to the Ringerverse. This is, of course, the Ringer's Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. We are Selma Steve, the cuddly sack of his bear. We are Jomi, the explainer. Adinaron, you've got questions, he's got answers. We are Coke Baby Chuck, the 24 karat closer, and me, old man Van, he of the receding hairline. Together we are known as uh, the Midnight Boys. <laughs> Um, the House of R is going to be giving us a deep dive into chapter six of the book of Boba Fett. House of R. Holly Rubin and Joanna Robinson. House of R. By the way, you know what I just figured out? Like what the name comes from? Like I was thinking, why is it R? Oh, wait, really? I'm not even lying. Is this a joke? I swear. You got to stay off the weed. Every- you got to stay off the weed, man. Yo, so last night I was about to actually hit the group text. Because there's no, it's been House of R working title, but we got this slam bang brand new, uh, a brand new art, amazing art, amazing art. Shout out! And it doesn't say working title anymore, so people have been saying this. And last night when I was thinking about, I was like, "Why is it R?" I didn't know why it was R, but now I know. Robinson and Ruben, there you go, House of R. What was your SAT score, Van? What was your SAT score? Thirteen hundred. Is that good? I forgot. Out of out of sixteen hundred, out of sixteen, I thought it was. Yeah, it was out sixteen when I was doing it. Yeah. Oh shit! Thir- Man. Yeah, thirteen hundred. I remember it was a big deal. I, I was. Uh, then we had the uh, we had the SA, <laughs> We had the fucking um. What do you call it? The ACT. Yeah, the act. Yeah. 
Yeah, I did that. We I did the ACT, and I didn't do as well comparatively on the ACT. I did well, but not as well as whatever. Why are we talking about this? I have um, no idea. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna be back for more uh, of the Book of Boba Fett next week. That's what we're doing Wednesday, Friday, House of All Fridays, Midnight Boy Wednesdays. You know how it goes. Uh, but today's show, we're gonna have to jump into it. I I don't I I don't really sense the energy within you. This is like probably the best two episode stretch in Star Wars TV history. Like I don't see I don't see that level of excitement from you. I'll tell you why you don't sense the energy, and it's a good it's a good observation. It's because I'm all cried out. (laughs) That's why. No wonder I thought it was the weed, but your eyes are really red. Have they been tears? I didn't realize how attached I was to Grogu. It's bad. It's 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 bad. stupid. Like we, it's so funny that <laughs> the moment that we say, "Hey, it's lost a little bit of its wonderment." The fucking wonderment comes just back. comes they back, hit, slaps you in the face. They hit us with the fucking wonderment. Oh my god, it's nuts. <laughs> We're gonna talk about this episode of the Book of Boba Fett, and before I burst into tears again, I can't even bring myself to think about what we just witnessed without getting all fuzzy inside. Let's go ahead and give ourselves, ourselves and our audience the spoiler warning because look, I would hate to spoil this episode for anyone. I don't want yes. anyone to miss out on what I saw. All right, this is the only time the spoiler warning is ever warranted in the history of this goddamn show. Run it, Steve. <laughs> We're getting ready to talk about Mando. You're listening to a reaction podcast. The spoilers are coming. Yeah. Um, you just went straight to Mando there, huh? I mean, <laughs> let's talk about it real quick before we get into the Midnight Manifest and whether or not that's actually disrespectful. It's not disrespectful. Here's the thing. The show's doing the disrespect at this point. <laughs> nah. This works. This I mean, really but to, works. Jomi's, to Jomi's point on Twitter, your boy Boba's on pack watch right now. Two episodes in a row. Just getting to the Midnight Manifest. I have... <laughs> I'm going to tell you who Boba Fett is after we do the Midnight Manifest. Go ahead. All right. Guys, the Midnight Manifest for this perfect sublime episode of the book of Boba Fett is entitled From the Desert Comes a Stranger directed by the master himself Dave Filoni and written by Jon Favreau and Filoni. We begin with Cobb Van, the marshal of Mos Pelgo. He finds the pikes selling spice in his territory and he tells those jive turkeys to step off. When they don't believe him, They pull out a gun and three of them get killed and he sends one on their way, tells them to leave the spice and he kicks it into the desert. Then Mando arrives on a bamboo covered planet and meets R2-D2 who brings the Mandalorian to the site of a new Jedi temple being built stone by stone. Mando falls asleep on a bench waiting for Luke and Grogu to return. Luke and Grogu are training elsewhere on the planet, but Grogu is distracted and tries to use the Force to eat a tasty little space frog. Luke tells Grogu that he reminds him of his old Master Yoda and then unlocks Grogu's old memories of watching the Jedi Masters die at the temple during Order 66. Then Luke promises to teach Grogu how to protect himself. 
when Mando awakens, he's met by one of the greatest Jedi of all time, Ahsoka. She guides Mando to where Luke is training Grogu. But Ahsoka worries that if Grogu sees Mando, his attachment to the Mandalorian will only make things more difficult for the potential Padawan. But she makes sure to tell uh, Mando that Grogu misses him a ton. She says she'll give Grogu Mando's gift, which breaks the bounty hunter's heart. And then Mando leaves the planet with Grogu looking so, so sad. A training montage with Luke and Grogu ensues. Skywalker admits to Ahsoka that, quote, it's more like he's remembering than I'm actually teaching him anything. Then Luke worries that Grogu's heart isn't really in Jedi training, to which Ahsoka responds, so much like your father. Mando arrives on Tatooine and says he can help with Boba's manpower problem. Mando tries to persuade Cobb and the people of the newly named Freetown to help in the Battle of the Pikes. Cobb says it's none of his people's business, but when Mando leaves, he says to gather all able-bodied men and women because he has something he needs to tell them. Then one of the most legendary bounty hunters, shout out Clone Wars, Cad Bane arrives. He's newly employed by the Pikes, and he arrives in Freetown, shoots the marshal and his deputy after a warning to join his side over Boba Fett's. The Pikes then bomb the sanctuary in most Espa. Then back at the Jedi Sanctuary, Luke asks Grogu to pick between Mando's gift of a Beskar chainmail shirt or Yoda's lightsaber. Depending upon Grogu's choice, he'll either return to Mando's side or become the first student at Luke's new Jedi Temple. And guys, without further ado, we need to get into this action-packed episode. Before we get into this episode, let's let's go ahead and talk about it real quick. The immediate thoughts on this episode. I am I am now making an observation. We thought that Boba Fett was going to be a Kendrick Lamar. We thought <laughs> that Boba Fett was going to be a Jay-Z. We thought that Boba Fett was going to be Drake. But that's not who he is. Boba Fett is the DJ Khaled. Damn. What? Damn. Of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Let me explain to you what I mean. Gun down. You Woo! got Well, first of all, you guys think that that's a diss. It's not a diss. <laughs> okay? What does DJ Khaled do so well? DJ Khaled has an inspirational story about how a DJ, you know what I mean, who has some production skills, but how a DJ worked himself up to be one of the mainstays in pop culture. All right? That's what the first three or four episodes of Boba Fett were about. It was showing the grind because, you know, DJ Khaled from New Orleans. Then he went to Miami. He's Terror Squad. He's Cash Money. He's going back and forth between crews. You know what I mean? That's what Boba Fett was doing. He was working for the Empire. Then he was with the Tusken Raiders. He's going back and forth between crews as he establishes his world where he is not the one that actually makes the hit, he supervises the hits. This season is becoming a DJ Khaled album where, yeah, it's the Boba Fett show, but who's the real star? Who's the real star on for free? Drake. Who's the real star on All I Do Is Win? T-Pain or one of the mother motherfuckers. Who knows? I even forgot at this point. You know, who's the other star? That's what Boba Fett is doing. Boba Fett is the anchor for all of this. It's happening in Boba Fett's world, but he's DJ Khaled-ing all of this stuff to a degree. I'm not mad at it. 
However, it's not like I think Wild Thoughts is a DJ Khaled song. It's just hard to think of it as one. That's Rihanna and Bryson Tiller. And as defensive as I was the last episode, I got to be real with you. This episode of Wonderment is on the Boba Fett compilation album, but he ain't singing the hook. He ain't he ain't rapping. I just got to keep it all the way real. Van, you want to know how I know you down bad? You want to know how I know Van is down bad? I would never, ever compare my favorite Star Wars character to DJ Khaled, bro. Like, dog, you really going out like that? I never said Boba Fett was my favorite Star Wars character. That's far, far, far from All true. right, but the way you've been, you been capping a couple episodes, you was like, he's DJ Khaled, guys, 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 guys. He's wait, DJ wait, Khaled. Wait, like, wait, 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 nah, wait, wait. I've man. never in life said Boba Fett is my favorite Star Wars character. It's not even <laughs> that's, close that's to the part true. you're getting hung up on. We, we, we've talked about who my favorite character is. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi. We've talked we about this that on before. record. This is true. We got, yeah, we've got this on record. So get out of here with that. What I'm saying is that, look. <laughs> Two episodes in a row of getting non-Boba-centric stuff. At best, he's DJ Khaled at this point. He can't be Diddy? He can't be Diddy, like, all up in the videos? But, you know... I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. Diddy did too much rapping. (laughs) Diddy did too much rapping. Like, Boba Fett hasn't spit a bar the last two weeks. Diddy, he could have been Diddy. I thought about Diddy. But let's keep it all the way gangster. Diddy rapped way more than this. And Diddy was on every song. At least, at least Diddy would come in there with "How you living, Biggie, Biggie Smalls?" Nah, Diddy was talking his shit. Even on R and B records, he talk a little bit of shit before the shit gets going. Yeah, Boba, uh, Boba's like, I don't know, man. Boba's very behind the scenes. This nigga Quincy Jones or some shit like that. Like, like you. But I give him DJ. Like, like I give him, I give him DJ Khaled because it's still his show. But back in the day, you guys won't remember this. Go ahead and run it. <laughs> Hollywood story. Okay. Back in the day, Quincy Jones had this album. It was called Back on the Block. <laughs> had Tevin Campbell on it. Had all of these people on it, you know. Uh, you know, Tevin Campbell, when he was first doing his thing, it was Back on the Block. It was Quincy Jones, early 90s. He was coming out. This album confused me because I was a kid, and when I saw somebody doing an album, I thought they was going to be on that motherfucker singing. <laughs> or rapping or doing something like that. And my mother my mother was like, no, it's a Quincy Jones album. He just did all the music. And I'm like, that's stupid. I'm not about to sing my heart out and then let this nigga have it. It's a Quincy Jones featuring Devin Campbell. My mother's like, isn't the music just as important as the singing? And I'm like, well, not to me. You know, <laughs> you know I was a kid. I didn't understand. So, so I wouldn't go that that far. It's not like he's, it's still his show. He was in this episode, but I go, I'm talking too much, but I go to the DJ Khaled thing. That's what I'm saying. All right, so let's get this Thomas the Tank Engine uh, back on track. I will say just in terms of this episode, I've just, the feelings that I felt, just watching something, the love that I have for Grogu, the heartbreak. Like, I didn't think that it was possible <sighs> I'd kill for, for him. a show to... Punch me in my chest this hard multiple times. In terms of like Star Wars TV, where does this episode rank for you? It's the best one I've ever seen. Woo! That's what I'm talking about. It's the best one I've ever seen. I'll tell you why. There's some great episodes of The Mandalorian. This episode, though, is what I always thought they were going to do with this stuff. 
This is the problem with some of the stuff that's happened in Star Wars to me. Is that what we wanted to see was the evolution of these characters based upon the connective tissue of them to the stuff that we had already seen, right? I wanted to see Luke Skywalker. What I always wanted was them to fill in the gaps of what my imagination always told me about Luke Skywalker. So I wanted to see Luke Skywalker as somebody's Jedi master recalling the same things that he had been through using those lessons to make new Jedi. And as much as I enjoyed The Last Jedi, my problem with it was they skipped all that and went right to Luke thought he had to kill his nephew. And 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 there's a lot of stuff in between that I wanted to see from someone who I devoted so much of my childhood to. If I'm being real with you, seeing Skywalker there, which by the way, the de-aging was nearly perfect. It was it, way it, better than it was in the second season yeah. of The Mandalorian. Like, yeah. do you remember the second season of Mandalorian? I was really harsh on the Luke reveal. And when uh-huh. I saw his face back then, I was just like, not, not perfect. And in this episode, I was just like, wow, this is eerie. Like, this is, it this looks is good. weird. It's, it it's like good. almost too good. And so to see him do that, and to see him so in command, to see him so calm, to see the guy... In the last in the last scenes of Jedi, like having realized uh, his power in the Force, his place in the Force, the balance of the Force, not seeing Luke before when he was uh, little Spidey Jonathan Kerma trying to figure out the Force, <laughs> or after when he was like Mickey from fucking Rocky. Like, <laughs> I love you, Rocky. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? When he was all curmudgeonly and stuff like that, but seeing that version of Luke deal with Grogu who is embodying that wonder, that curiosity, that vulnerability that someone has when they're first learning about something, like about how the universe and how the world works, was amazing. Like when I say amazing, obviously I love Grogu because he's cute and give him a hug, but also seeing him put in that world where he's finally figuring out what he really is and learning... It was just fantastic. It, it that really what I was was I is what I've been missing. I got to be honest with you. Even the relationships in terms of like seeing Ahsoka standing next to Luke, you will have someone who was trained by Luke's father and then Luke's son, and when she's just like, "I'm a friend of the family," or or she's talking about, "You remind me so much of him." I'm like, "Oh, this is this was kind of what they pitched us on with the whole Star Wars Disney Plus thing." Is you're going to see all of this connective tissue that you can't see in within the span of three movies. It's just too little time. I was like, oh shit, this is actually, I want Mando and Luke standing next to each other, or at least in the same vicinity. I want all of this um, to really see how long time has been for all of them. It was a joy, but we have a lot to talk about in terms of like the Luke and the Grogu of it all. You want to start at the top of the episode with Cobb Vanth and we can just move through chronologically? Well, I mean, look, I always love a little bit of Cobb Vanthith. Uh, how, how did you how did you enjoy Cobb Vanthith in this episode? Gunning down Spice Runners, this scene. What did you think? I love Cobb. I love Cobb. Who doesn't love Cobb? Okay. Cobb is a fucking badass, bro. Cobb is a badass. When he told when he told him to leave the, the spice and he kicked the drugs over, I was like, ooh, that's badass. Well, let me ask you a question. What does spice do to you? What kind of high would you think that spice is? Ooh, I think it's like crack cocaine. You think spot by spice is the crack of the galaxy? 
Technically, know, it, it would be the cocaine. The spice that he kicked over would be the cocaine. And I'm assuming that they cut the spice to like get more out of it. Because like the the whole the amount of spice that Cobb kicks over isn't enough to get that many people high, I would assume. Someone would have to like cut it and bag it. You know, baking you soda realize and shit like that. You can cut cocaine and not necessarily make crack, you know? I know uh, you that, can, but you, you would make more money with crack. This is smaller. Here's the thing. I don't know that I've seen very many galactic crackheads. And I, 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 I don't I don't know that I don't know that I've seen very many of them. Like I haven't seen anybody down there. And this is obviously very loosely that we're talking about addiction and all of these things. But let's keep it gangster. This is where I'm from. I haven't seen anybody like like outside of a bar going, yo, lightsabers five for ten. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> when did this do turn into snowfall? A, do you think there's like a push of tea in the galaxy far, far away? Who's just moving spice? Like, yo, I got lightsabers over here, blue, green, purple, what you want? You feel me? <laughs> um, but, but, the lightsaber's uh, gonna break in like five minutes. <laughs> but yeah, but what I'm saying is that, like, you know, there's being that there's drugs in Star Wars, that denotes a seedy, dark side of Star Wars that we but haven't you, really You didn't ever, answer your own question. What do you think spice is? Good question. I think spice is more like Molly. Molly? No. I no. think spice is more like Molly. There was a party thing. I think spice is more like Molly. If you but ask, people me. ain't moving Molly like that. Like the Pikes are moving Shit. weight. They're moving weight. Okay, could be. Nah, this could be. Could be. Could be. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. This is gonna. We're gonna get dare fucking on our ass if we keep on this. <laughs> yeah, but I think introducing Cobb at this particular point in the show is also pretty good because this is the point where, um in the narrative arc of a series where everything is at a fever fever pitch and the one thing that they normally do here is inject an unknown entity an unknown quantity we know Cobb Vance very well and also he's just the epitome of the old west hired gun which I love he's the, obviously the most old westerly character looking character that they have out there and for when quick he draw, comes out quick draw on the gun quick draw both of them also, that shows a little nobility on that because wouldn't you want to be involved in the spice trade? If you have that much power in your... Wouldn't you want to be getting a piece of the spice trade, Charles? If you were the sheriff or the marshal of a town where spice was running through your town, would you be somebody... Ask yourself this question. Would you be someone who basically took a piece of the action or would you stand up against the spice runners? I wouldn't do either. Here's why. We saw Boba... <laughs> Boba got too big for his britches. Wait a minute. Okay. You wouldn't do either? No. Tell no, me, there's, me you, you, just, you just like, all right, y'all mind your business. Because here, Boba fucked up earlier in the season because he thought he could like get a little action with the Pikes. And then they killed all of his people. With uh with Cobb, I agree with them. You don't want to be, you don't want to be running drugs. Because first it's like you take a piece of the action, and then somebody comes and wants to like get you in the middle of the night. You you just want to kind of be like, hey. Just stay out of this. You know what I mean? Stay out of this part of town. I don't want, I, I don't want anything. His one thing I will say, why did he take the drugs and not the money? I think the drugs are more useful than the money. He kicked over the drugs. I know. But what I'm saying is the 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 drugs are more symbolic than just the money. Money is the byproduct True. of the drugs. You know what I mean? Mm. You know what I mean? So if I'm in a situation like that, remember that happened to Tony Montana, he came back with the drugs and the money. That's kind of Ooh. that's what kind of G he was, you know what I'm saying? Ooh. Came out with the dope. And the money. You know what I'm saying? But to me, you know, like if I'm Cobb in that situation, I'm going to figure out how I can get a piece of the action. Use it to help people. That's my whole thing. 
that's what ev- that's what every single drug dealer or like every like government official says when they're about to cut a deal with the drug dealers. He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna help my people. I'm gonna be Robin Hood, and that shit never works out. Never works out. Well, I mean, it it never works out because let's face it, man. A speedboat is a speedboat. <laughs> you know, you get the dope, and then you get on a speedboat. You know, because you think, you know, you 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 got a little piece of the action. You're using it. You're funneling it back into the hood, right? You're buying basketballs. You're building a back. That's what every, it's, so, it's funny to me, drug dealers think that you can sell dope to my mom and then build a basketball court and that evens out. Well, of course, <laughs> I need the basketball court now because I have to, <laughs> I don't like, my mom's not home. So I have to do something while I'm locked out of the house. You know what I'm saying? Like while I'm locked out of the house. I got to go somewhere. So just give these little kids a basketball court, you know, um, you know, once you build a couple of basketball courts or you give it back to the people you use in the spice, you think to yourself, you know, I would like a new Naboo fighter cruiser, cruise the galaxy, yachts on lakes, things like that. Into it. Anyway, Grogu's back. Um, Cobb Vance is going to come back at the end of the episode. Uh, it's going to be one of the biggest showdown scenes we've seen in a long time. Fantastic. Very, very tense. Love the way it was executed. But let's talk about what everyone wants to talk about, which is the return of Grogu. I, I, I love Grogu. It's too much. It's too much. I forget. Like, it's, I, you forget how much you love Grogu until he's like on the screen and it comes rushing back. You're just like, oh, yes, this is why the entire world went insane for this little baby. Yeah. Like, if I'm somewhere and I hear someone goes, go, Grogu a bitch, I'm going to turn around and be like, yo, who said that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo, come say it to my face. Grogu's back. He's uh, Mando. He's greeted by R2 D2 um, and awaits at the school while Luke and Grogu. Wait, can I train. say something about that greeting? Sure. Luke throughout the whole episode is like the Mandalorian. I'm just the like, that sounds a little. That's almost, it almost sounds like he's calling him boy. Like, he never even says, like, his full name. He's like, Why are you doing this with the whole Because I'm mad at Luke. I want like, 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 a whole thing against like, Luke in this episode. Like, Luke was so rude to Grogu. Like, he was mean in this episode to Grogu in a way that, like, made me really mad. What are you talking about? He's just, pa- like, bro, I was just watching Attack of the, I was just watching Attack of the Clones uh, a couple of days ago, and Obi-Wan would tell Anakin to shut up in front of his girl. Like, like, and how did that end? And how did that fucking end? He's knowing that Anakin is macking on this chick. He's like, like, yo, speak when you're spoken to. I'm like, yo, man, yo, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get with this. Hey, bro, like, yo, I'm trying to. What's you see? What I'm trying to do over here? Like, why are you talking to me like this? Like, you know. So the Jedi are very like, when you a Jedi, you can't hug your mama. You think he cares? What is what is going to be? And like? once again, then how did that end up for the Jedi? Worked out pretty good, except for the one guy. I gotta oh, be honest with you. It worked out pretty good. All of them got murked. The one they guy got, that Obi-Wan was like, yo, bitch, shut up. Get in the corner. Don't say shit. It's so spoken murked. to. End up killing all of them. They got murked. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, 
File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, see how Luke looked perfect. Not all right, hyper not perfect, perfect, but it's 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 it looked it's really good. really good. It wasn't jarring at all. See, here's the goal of that. Like it, it doesn't have to look perfect. It just has to be. Doesn't have to take you out of the scene. And I think in when he appeared at the end of Mandalorian season two, most of the scene was him beating everybody down and getting in. And it wasn't really until the end that you had to really get a, a look at his face when he takes his hood off. So even though it was janky, it didn't really affect the scene. This, we got a lot of close-up shots of Skywalker. And to me, the close-up shots worked even better than the shots of him from a little further away. Whatever whatever they had to work on from season two of Mandalorian up to now, they perfected it because I thought CGI Luke looked great. So this is what I want to ask you about that. Knowing that the technology will still will get better and like they're using Luke. That's just happening now. They're they right. are using him. He will be back. How far do you want them to take it? Like how far can they take it before it gets disrespectful or weird or creepy? I don't think it gets weird or creepy to me if the characters are still alive. Okay. I'm more so talking about, like, I don't think you could do a Luke Skywalker movie like this. It'd be too much. It, it, that's too much. I think you could. You, you think that they could do a whole Luke Skywalker movie with this technology? Like, I think this worked because it was so, they used it sparingly. I'm going to split the difference with what you're saying because I do understand what you're saying. I think Luke Skywalker could be in a whole movie. I don't hmm. think they could do maybe a whole movie. If you're talking about a like, let's take Iron Man 1 where you're going to get Iron Man, you're going to get Tony Stark in what, 85 to 90% of the scenes. Yeah, I don't think that could work, but I think you could do Civil War where he's maybe only in 55 or maybe 60% of the scenes. Or you know, I think you could do something like that, right? Uh, because I I wasn't jarred or taken out of any of the stuff. Um, and if you have a bunch of Jedi fight scenes and those, those things aren't going to be very, those things aren't going to be like, you know, close-ups or anything. If he's flying in a, um, uh, in a, in a starfighter, all of that stuff, you got to think about it in terms of the way Star Wars works. How much are you actually going to be in on Luke where it takes you out of it in a situation like that? And even when you were in on him here, it didn't. The two most emotional scenes in this entire episode you don't really see any faces. You just feel feelings. Yeah. Right? So one is obviously when, when the Mandalorian is trying to decide, it's a gut-wrenching scene, whether or not he's going to go up there uh, and give Grogu his gift and, you know, in a way, take him off of his path of a Jedi. And then at the end is when Grogu gets the ultimatum from Luke and he has to make his decision. Like, those three scenes don't really involve any human faces. I'm sure they did some sort of modeling off Mark Hamill or whatever. And Ahsoka's right there in, in like it to, to, to give direction to the Mandalorian. But really those three scenes don't involve human faces. The, the weight of the emotion is what is, 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 is what's grounding you there. So I thought they did that perfectly. And I thought Skywalker in the scene with Grogu, uh, I felt him, I, I felt his allegiance to the force and also his want to make sure that Grogu made the right decision. So can I pitch you on an idea after seeing this episode? I left this episode being like, I want the Jedi Temple TV show. Like that would be the Disney Plus show. If you're like, which one do you want? I want 
Luke building the temple, Ezra from Star Wars Rebels, who's a Jedi who is out there. So there's 12 students out there. I want to know everything about these 12 students. Who were they? How many of them got killed? And I don't even know if Luke needs to be in that much of it because Luke could be the, hey, I'm the principal. I'm looking for new recruits. And you could have like an Ezra or Ahsoka being the teachers, being like, all right, we're going to train the kids back here. I want everything to know about that. I want to do a, 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 a new drop for the Midnight Boys show. And I want it to be a controversial take drop where I drop, where somebody drops a controversial take we 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 was like, yo, boom, Steve, give us some kind of doom, doom, okay. or something okay. like that. All right. So this is a controversial take drop. Okay. I want that show if seven, eight, and nine are officially wiped out as canon. That's rough. That's rough. Like yeah. I think that seven, eight, and nine should be officially wiped out as canon. Yeah, good luck I mean, with that this one. will never happen. This will this never will happen. Never, I mean, I'm not saying it will never happen, but to me, the Jedi Temple show, uh, Star Wars hamstrung themselves so much with 7, 8, and 9. The Force Awakens, the last, last Jedi, Jedi was amazing. But it was... Not, not, I'm not talking about devices. I'm not talking about the fan base. The fan base is what the fan base is. It was uh, limiting... It pushed them into a corner where it it took a lot of stories off the chessboard. Right. It it was it was limiting. It 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 took the whole world and pushed it through a pinhole. Right. And then they tried to undo that with the next one, and you just can't, right? So it was it, it the as much as I we love The Last Jedi, if they were gonna do that, that should have been the end of Star Wars. Like we're not doing any more stuff. Like we're like we like we we've made it should have been the end of Star Wars or at the very least, maybe it would have worked as the end of the Skywalker saga, which they then decided that they didn't really want to end. So my thing is the fact that all of this stuff is prequel stuff and it's coming behind. It's coming with all of these ideas and with all of these new novel things that they're doing. That we're getting to see all this stuff. It's cool. It's difficult looking at that version of, of Skywalker knowing that he's going to go on to try to kill his nephew, that he's really going to be the one that undone, that undoes his Jedi temple, that there are going to be no new Jedi, that this evil is building in the universe and there's not going to be any Jedi to fight it because Luke fucked it up. And to, to, to listen to Luke talk about, like, can you imagine Kenobi or Yoda or... Qui-Gon Jinn actually rolling up and trying to kill a Padawan. All right, so can I can I do a counterpoint? Because I think the reason why I wouldn't erase them, even though they were very uneven, is that look at a character like Ahsoka. People hated Ahsoka. I remember when Ahsoka was around uh, in the beginning. People hated that character. But the thing that Star Wars is actually very, very good at is painting in between the numbers, finding the seams where they're like, there's like, there's story here. And I do think, like, let's say you had a Jedi Temple TV show. Some people would have watched the prequels and be like, what else would you tell? In like, why would we want to know more about the Clone Worlds? What are you going to tell in between this? Those movies were so bad. And then you get a really, really great show out of it. So why couldn't they do the same thing even though you have those movies coming? They're just like, all right, we know it's coming, but we're going to give you a Luke show. And by the end of it, you're like... I don't care. And I'm not saying Luke has to be in this entire show. I just care about the temple because now I have all questions of like, 
if you go back and watch The Last Jedi, the temple is actually big. It is like, I don't even think it's on the same planet. So I want to know how he gets from one mini hut to like this big, expansive school with 12 Jedi children. Well, The Last Jedi is the Jedi Temple. This is his Jedi Academy. Those are two different places. Correct, correct. All right, Van, I want to ask you, I thought it was beautiful how this episode mirrored Empire Strikes Back and when Luke first meets Yoda, but now it's reversed with older Luke trading baby Yoda when they're doing the training montage, when he's carrying baby Yoda on his back, when he's basically imparting all of the wisdom that Yoda gave him. I'm like, yeah, this could have been cheesy and corny in the worst way, but it was just so heartwarming. I went back to watch Empire this morning and I'm like, this is amazing. Like, it's such a, they nailed the emotional beats of that scene. What did you think of all that? I just love the fact that, once again, it just, uh, everybody loves a full circle moment. Yeah. Flipping with Yoda on your back when he's giving you instruction, flipping on Grogu, with Grogu on your back when you're trying to show Grogu the ways of the Force. Luke seemed so in control. He seemed, there was no conflict in him, which we know it's coming back again. It was an amazing train sequence. Was amazing. This goes down to me as one of the better train sequences in all of Star Wars history. Like it, it was, it was just it was fantastic. It was fantastic, and also once again, like you care about Grogu's development. You want Grogu to become the powerful Force user that he is going to become, or that you think he might become, and that he may become. Who knows? Who knows? He might, he might choose, he might choose Mandalorian. I kind of think that he will. But everything that just went on there, I could gush about it all. It was just pure gold. Kaliga walks in the room. She's like, "What's what's up with you?" I'm like, "Yo, man, look at the TV." She goes, "Oh my god," because she didn't know that Grogu was back, baby. All right, Ahsoka, um, sharing screen time with Luke Skywalker, looks at him and says he is so much like his father. My question: Did you to track all... Luke's face when, she, when he said <laughs> he was like he was like, all right, "Girl, relax." My question relax, to chill. all four Midnight Boys: Compliment or diss? I think Ahsoka meant it as a compliment, and <laughs> Luke took it as a diss because his face was just like, "Hold up." Oh, well, well, my dad committed genocide for lax. Yeah. Yeah. I think she was trying to be nice, but there's no other way to take, hey, man, you remind me of that dude who killed all that people that one time. Like, there's no other way to take that. <laughs> Steve, compliment or diss? I think it was a compliment. I think she probably saw the best in him and the anchor of Ahsoka and Luke's relationship and the anchor of her and Anakin's relationship was seeing the good in him and the heartbreak was seeing the bad. And I think it was a compliment. Wait, can I, I can I be real, 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 really quick about sure. Ahsoka and Luke? The Jedi have the shortest term memory of any group in Star Wars of all time. Ahsoka's like, no attachment, no attachment. That's not the Jedi way. I'm like, Ahsoka, of all of the characters who should know how messed up the Jedi are, it's you, girl. Like, they right. kicked your ass out. You was like, even when they asked you about it, you're like, nah, I'm cool. Like, I'm cool. Relax. Y'all do you. Okay? Luke himself. Luke is a hypocrite of the highest order. This musty-ass bitch is such a hypocrite because the Empire Strikes God Back. damn! I was mad, oh, bro. He's so hot. Steve. He's so upset. Steve, do you see how mad Charles is right now? I'm going on mute. Chuck, get your shit off. My God. All right, so... Here's the thing. At the end of the episode, like Mando, Mando's the only one who cares about this baby boy because Mando's like, here's a gift. Just give it to him. Ahsoka's like, if you really, really love him, like you're going to, don't make it any harder on him. Cool. Ahsoka gives the gifts to Luke. Luke is like, 
Luke is like the mom in the divorce with the ain't shit father. He's like, all right, cool. Like you can have this gift from your dad, but I just got you this green lightsaber. And then Luke is just like, pick one. It's either him or me. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. hold up, Luke. Hold up, Luke. I remember when your ass was with Yoda in Empire Strikes Back and Yoda's like, hey man, don't go save Han and Leia. You're going to mess everything up. Don't do it. Don't do it. And Luke's like, nah, nah, I got to do it. I love him. I love him. Attachment. I got to do it. And he leaves. So how are you looking at mini baby Yoda and be like, I know I did this as a kid, but now nah, you can't do that shit. Don't go back to your dad. Don't, don't form attachments. Luke's whole journey was forming attachments to every motherfucker who sniffed his way. All right? He almost doomed the whole galaxy <laughs> for two people. Fuck out of here, Luke. Give that baby boy his armor and his fucking lightsaber. I'm pissed. First of all, that was amazing. <laughs> but can I offer a, maybe a little bit of insight into it? Please, please, please. By the time we get to meet Miser Skywalker in The Last Jedi, he's almost completely changed. True. So by the time we meet Miser Skywalker, Mickey Skywalker, I do it rock. Because <laughs> Skywalker loves you. <laughs> by the time we meet him in Last Jedi, he's totally changed, right? At this point, his sister needs him. The galaxy needs him. Everybody needs him. And he couldn't give a fuck less. <laughs> <laughs> he's lost too much. He's seen too much. Now that's a long way from where we are now, right? He's much closer to the guy that you're talking about right now. But is it possible that he is trying to forge a different road ahead and be maybe a more traditional Jedi? And we're seeing that evolution in his character a little bit, or you think that's me doing a little too much? No, I think these are the two characters in star Wars who know the most that the Jedi's ways of teaching are, aren't as bulletproof as they think. So here's the thing. You look at Ahsoka not letting uh, Grogu see, not letting Mando see Grogu. I think what these people know, both her and Luke, is that there have been successful Jedi before. There have been Jedi who haven't turned to the dark side. There haven't been, there have been Jedi who haven't been seduced. There have been Jedi who've, use the Jedi way to do amazing, great things for the galaxy. And these were the people that stood by and did the right thing amongst the Jedi. What happens is the, the scattering of the Jedi and the decimation of the Jedi have, have led to people really strain away. Like even Luke, like Luke was trained like way later in life than most Jedi were. Right. So I think that they're trying to jumpstart it again and do it the right way. Right. And in that She's just letting him know that's going to be hard and that's going to be, and with a character, with a character that can maybe be as powerful as Grogu, that's going to be hard and that's going to be a difficult decision for him to have to make. It just is going to make everything more difficult for him. And they might know because it didn't go the right way with Skywalker, but either Skywalker and Luke feels that he has to do this. And she feels like she has to do this in order to maybe stop some of the things that they've seen before and they've learned before. And does it make them hypocritical? Sure. Are they right? Who knows? You know what I mean? Like, like they're, they're definitely hypocrites. Luke is like, like, Luke, stay here and finish your training. Luke's like, nah. <laughs> like, Luke's like, nah, man. Nah, Yoda brought Obi-Wan back in that scene. Obi-Wan's like, yo, dude, listen to Yoda, bro. Like, do not leave this 
explain it. You're going to fuck shit up. And he's like, nah, I got to do a piece. Like, I'm clear. Yeah, I'm out. And, I'm out. And he's like, the saddest scene, the reason I really got mad is like when, when Mando flies off, there's that scene of like baby Yoda like reaching for him. And it immediately made me think of like the Fresh Prince episode where like Will's like, oh, <laughs> when Will's dad leaves, he's like, why don't he love me, man? Why don't he want me? Like that was baby Yoda looking like, yo, why didn't Mando say hi to me, bro? Yeah. Damn. That shit damn. hurt. This this is so much feeling, so much emotion. Steve, Steve, jump in right now. What did you think about this entire deal, Steve? I think I I genuinely wanted to know, probably hear more than ever what Grogu was actually thinking, because uh, they're clearly like we see Ahsoka communicate with Grogu when we first meet her. We clearly see Luke communicating with him. Seeing the flashback to Order 66 and like all of the trauma that he's gone through, even in the past 40 years, he's lived through an entire trilogy of Star Wars lore on his own. And now he's back with this master. He's training with all of these different rules and now he's just got a curriculum in front of him. I want to know what he's thinking because he misses him a great deal and I miss him too. It's great. Jesus Christ. But I will say when I was, when I was thinking about the, uh, the episode with baby Yoda, I started thinking Luke tells him in effect, like, Hey, if you choose the sky, like, uh, the Jedi way, if you choose Yoda's lightsaber, you live so long that you may, after your training is done, you may never see Mando again. And I'm like, imagine telling that to a baby because he's lost the Jedi at the Jedi um, temple during Order 66. Like he lost all of them. He found a father and now Luke is telling him, yeah, you can't have that attachment. Like that's rough. Like that's two family members that Luke is, or at least two versions of families that are going to die by the time Maybe you're going to see them again. I'm like, that's rough to tell him. I think that was for the audience. That's a very great point. I think that was for the audience. So I'll tell you why when we talk about Baby Yoda's decision in a second. Let's go back to Tatooine real quick. Now we're back with Boba Fett. Yeah. It's fine. It's, it's fine. You go. <laughs> <laughs> I love My just joking. up for five seconds. I'm, 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 just, I'm, just, I'm just joking, guys. Yeah. I'm just joking. But... Boba Fett has, uh, he's got his whole team together now. He's got his whole squad. He's got Chupac. He's got the Mandalorian. He's got some muscle. He's got what he seem, what it seems like he needs to go up against the Pike Syndicate. Mando pops in. Boba Fett has his whole team. He has Chupac in there, Fennec, you know, the cyborgs, all of them. Going over this plan, Mando says, hey, I got extra muscle because Fennec's like, we don't got enough. So he goes to see Cobb and he tries to get the townsfolk in into this war because what we know from the teaser that happened, Cobb realizes that the Pikes are about to take over this planet. Now, my question to you is, from the beginning of the season, we always thought that the Tusken Raiders were going to be that muscle. The Tusken Raiders were going to come back. Do we still think that's in play? Because by the end of this episode, it seems like the townsfolk are going to come and be part of the army. But I'm like, did we really see the last of the Tusken Raiders when they all got killed by the Pikes, quote-unquote, I was like, that's not how they should have gone out. I still feel like there's more of them out there. So I think it would be interesting if the Tusken Raiders didn't come back and uh, play a significant role. And I'll tell you why. One is because I don't want to get too, too deep, but it felt like they were retconning the Tusken Raiders a little bit to pay homage to uh, indigenous peoples on, on in different places, right? Yeah. Because... 
if you look at Star Wars in the past, and I recently did a rewatch, the Tusken Raiders like kidnapped Shmi Skywalker, fucked over her. They were savages. And they look like monsters. They felt like they, monsters, especially they, they in felt, the prequels. They felt like monsters. And uh, in Clone Wars, Shimmy's husband says, like, they're mindless monsters, whatever. And they're used as a plot point to turn Anakin Skywalker bad. They didn't seem like they had very much very much agency. They didn't seem like they had a place in this universe or anything like that, right? It would be interesting if they made that same that same decision to use them in the same way in 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 this show too. As if the slaughter of those people in some way was something that propelled uh, Boba Fett forward to do whatever or took a piece of him for whatever. And they were sort of just built them up to kill them like that again in order to make another character uh, have some sort of a motivation. After they've done as much as they have quote, for lack of a better term to humanize them, it would be interesting if their slaughter was just used uh, for another plot device. And so I was thinking like that in this show, what we would get somewhat would be the redemption of the Tusken Raiders and the humanization of them and to see them as 360, you know, characters with their own society and their own set of values. And it seems like that's what they were doing. But it seems like now, if we don't see them again, that they didn't succeed. Anybody else can jump in here. Like, am I wrong for feeling that way? I think st- I think story wise, it's going to be weird if we don't get a bow on that story because the Tuscans were so important to Boba's journey. And if we just get these townsfolk being the army, it just doesn't land the same. I'm still kind of wondering why we spent so much time with the Tuscans if we're not getting any of the payoff because it did seem in the background like Boba was doing this for the memory of the Tuscans. He was trying to bring some type of control to Tatooine. And if we don't see them, I feel like all of that time we spent with them isn't isn't as important or it doesn't land as much. Yeah, I don't think we need I don't I don't think we'll get them like coming to the rescue. Um, but I think we could get Boba going out and paying homage to them at the end or something. You know, he defeats the pikes successful and he just goes out there to pay his pay his respects. I don't. I don't know if we'll get like a. It, full it feels army. really tough to not want to revisit that aspect of Boba's story, especially come the end of this, when we have a lot of ground to cover for the sake of the Tuscans, because it, it, the only person that is here to do right by them is Boba. It's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, but I, I was expecting, and I was wrong. I was expecting the the Tuscans to be the foot soldiers. Because they also seem, to be honest with you, a lot more capable than the townsfolk. I don't want to, not to shit on the townsfolk uh, if it ends up being the townsfolk, but the Tuscans are warriors. How many townsfolk are there even? I was like, an army. I was just like, there's only a couple houses out out there. Right, right. In some way, I do feel like we'll see the Tuscans again. I, I, I do. If we don't, It'll be one of that. We'll do a, a whole wrap up after we do the, you know, the finale. But it, it'll be it'll be a loose thread that I felt like they left a little bit open. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Cat Bane is one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars lore. 
Really? I like evil. Yeah, man. He does, he looks evil and cool. You know who he reminds me of? It's going to sound so stupid to you guys because you guys never saw this movie. He reminds me of Z- Billy Zane's character from Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah! So Billy Zane... Great movie. Billy Zane plays this whacked out crazy horror cowboy that when he steps on the scene wearing his cowboy hat and like all of his shit but he's a demon you just know some bad shit is about to happen now he's very funny and Cabane is not but but <laughs> but still though just the look evil cowboy I always like I'm also a big fan of the Dark Tower series where there are gunslingers everywhere oh yeah because I love that whole thing powerful dark Cowboy, I've always like evil that cowboy character. comes to town. You just know he's evil. about to mess shit up. Yeah, like uh, like if you guys saw the harder they fall, when when um, when Lakeith Sansfield character is facing off against R.J. Silas character, you know he's just a dark. Cow- he's gonna fuck him up, and then he shoots him on what two. Why do they always oh, count so that, slow? I knew what was happening. It still broke my heart a little bit. It bro- broke your heart, but I but I love him. <laughs> Uh, also, shout out to the stupidest fucking character in this whole fucking show to this point, <laughs> which is the deputy. You dumb <laughs> fuck. You dog. deserved everything that you got, dog. You told you were you look like you came out, you try to flex on the Mandalorian, tell him to move your speeder, you move your starship, put it out there in the flats. He looked at you like you was fucking crazy. You almost got served in. Come back out. Hey, bro, stay in your place. This is a showdown between us two. We've seen this on every single Western. He wants the, the opportunity to take down the bad guy. They have the quick draw. He gets clipped, and then the deputy gets killed as well. You know why? Because you had no fucking business out there. Do, do you think Cobb could have held his own if the deputy didn't mess everything up? No. You say no. I don't know. If, I don't no. know if Cobb nah, would have won, nah. but could he have held his own? He because because he shot Cobb first because he knew that guy was going to be too slow. Yeah, he but shot Cobb, Cobb. I would argue. I would argue Cobb's attention was on his deputy because he knew his deputy was about to mess up. I would. I think Cat, uh, Bane would win. I'm just saying. He knew. He knew who the fast one was, and it was Cobb. So he went for yeah. him first. So he winged. He winged Cobb and sent the deputy straight to hell. Yeah. I also will say like. This is two for two, in my opinion, in terms of like taking characters that are very distinct from the animated series, like Ahsoka and Bane, and like transforming them for live action and them looking amazing. Like Bane, they could have messed that up entirely. And he still had like, he looks scary. The eyes look cool. Like I believe that he was in the real world. They did an amazing job, whoever designed him. I mean, that whole scene is special, really. You know, it's, like we said, it's very Western. Two dudes walk out, and you can see like Cad Bane coming from the distance. Ooh. And at first, thought, you're like, "Who is that guy?" I right? knew you're who at it attention. Was. You're like, "Who is that dude?" And then as soon as you see like it's just him and his silhouette, you're like, "Oh no, it's about to go down!" And like the the looks Timothy Oliphant and him are exchanging, the head tilts. It's just prime entertainment. It was incredible. That whole scene with Cabane and Cobb Vanth is premiere television. Premiere television. By the way, one of the rare characters that looks better in live action than they did even animated. Ooh. That's bold. I thought that's bold. he looked fantastic in live action, which he's basically still animated. But I thought, I thought he looked <laughs> fantastic. 
fantastic in live action. I think I would like to see more, you know, because we only, you know, got, I mean, we did get close ups, but it was really short. I would like to see, you know, next, next, next week, you know, him snarl, his snarl from the, from the animated show, you know, because oh, he, yeah, he was very stern, this one. But I don't, I don't disagree. He looked really good compared to other stuff we see go from animated to live action. He looked really good. Um, now we have to get to one of the other really shocking things to go down in this episode. Okay? I got to be honest with you. All right? We all had one love affair on this show. And they bring in Grogu. That's a, that's a different love that we have for Grogu. We will love it. Somebody in a different way. You know what I'm saying? Pour out that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know what I'm saying? On, be like, we somebody on this show that we would say everywhere. Where is it? Where's my little, where's my little flip? It's not even noon, Van. Come like, on now. What, I don't Joby, care. Joby, relax. Like, I looked forward to seeing her. Joby, you weren't outside when Flashdance came out. You don't even know. You know what I mean? Like, Joby was even, not. You don't, like, I you sure even, was not. You weren't even outside when Flashdance came out. You know what I mean? Now it might look like. Garza Whip, she could possibly be a little extra crispy. Oh, like, man. man. What? Whoa, what? What? A little, put a little respect on Garza's name. God damn. I, we don't know, but this scene was very, very, very shocking. Okay. She's extra crispy 12 piece up in there from KFC. Could be. Could Ooh. be. Um, so the syndicate, the Pike syndicate shows up uh, at her club. And it's just one of those scenes where you know something is off. Oh, once they picked it up, I'm like, oh, man, it's not going to happen. You but I know, know something is off. It's one of those scenes. Remember that scene in Speed where Jeff Daniels is going through the house <laughs> and they're all looking for everything? Remember that? And they're like, and all of a sudden that look, I hate that fucking scene. And that look comes across Jeff Daniels' <laughs> face because he knows he is fucked. And he just, I hate that scene. And that's kind of what Garza was going through. Hey, you dropped your, nah, boom, boom. Midnight Boys poll. Do we think that Garza Whip is dead? No. My heart, my heart says no. I can't. She's the only thing get me through. through uh, Queen Pin won't go out like that. No, can't. I mean, you wouldn't cast Jennifer Bills to be, to do all that and then die in episode six. Yeah, it, it does. It does disprove a bit of a theory of mine where I would assume that she was at least like the behind the scenes mover and shaker with the Pikes. I would have thought that that was going to be her role. How, that would clearly be far not more interesting. <laughs> clearly not. Can I be? Can I be honest with you? I thought about that because a lot of people have been saying that, right? That maybe she's she's one of your big bads behind the scene. If they wanted to disguise the fact, oh, that she was in some way a big bad behind the scene. Having her survive a direct attack on her club would be supreme level storytelling misdirection. She comes out at the beginning of the next episode. She's burnt or she's got like ash on her or something like that. They attacked me or whatever. And then by the time the end comes, it's, oh, I had to blow up my own club to keep you guys off the scent that I was doing, whatever, whatever. Not saying that that's going to happen. But just saying that it was a lot of people hit me up this morning going, hey, I really thought Garza was down with the Pikes. And I'm like, don't be so sure that she's not. Because that type of storytelling stuff is what these writers, these wily guys some kind, sometimes try to do. If she is, in fact, dead, 
What does that mean? Like, they wasted a great character. <laughs> not well, not great. a Vance point. That That's really interesting, right? Maybe it's retaliation for Boba and Mando being in places they're not supposed to go. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing. They didn't build her character up enough where like Boba would care. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, maybe. How long has Boba known this woman? It's a shot across the bow, clearly, to Boba. But like, that's the thing. Like, the Pike's intention is either, okay, we send a message. Are we sending a message to Garza or are we sending a message to Boba? Garza was paying tribute to Boba. So it's not so much that harming Garza would be something that uh, would necessarily move Boba. But attacking a business that was under his protection yes. without first like getting an okay from him is a clear act of war no matter whether or not he likes Garza Flip or not. So three to one, I think Garza Flip was gone. So you guys, three, one, if, how about this? We'll make a bet about Garza Flip and we'll let the audience decide what should be on the line. If you guys win, you guys have to do something. If I win, I have to do something, okay? We'll let the audience decide what is on the line. You guys come up with stuff that you guys would want to see uh, for the Midnight Boys bet. Midnight Boys against Van. It's the, it's the the young clan against old man Van. They say Garza Flip is alive. I say she's dead. You guys tell us what you want the stakes of the bet to be. We got until next week. Two more things to get to real quick. And this one is going to be, I think, the thing to dominate fandom Twitter for the next seven days. What is Grogu going to do? Oh, man. Is this the LeBron decision? I'm taking my talents. I got to talk about something real quick. All right, real quick. <laughs> the Midnight Boys are four people. I know the art came out. You saw me and Charles on there. The Midnight Boys are four people. This is a Midnight Boy. No, no, no. I want to make sure that when I do something right now, I want to make sure that I make sure that I talk about real quickly. Love the art. The art is fantastic. The art for House of Art's All. Fantastic. The art for the Midnight Boys. It's amazing. It's a huge deal that we have. It's a huge deal. But I want to make sure that people know just how important Steve and Jomi are to this podcast. How important not only their contributions on the back end on social and production are, but also just how integral both Steve and Jomi have been to the Midnight Boys. They are. We are the Midnight Boys. Okay. Just want to make sure that I say that. That 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 that, that gets said. These Fast. guys are. These guys have helped grow this podcast. These guys have come up with ideas for this podcast. These guys have been integral, integral contributors to this podcast. I'm make there sure is no Midnight Boys without some of Steve and Jomi Explainer. We not. are the Midnight Boys. We. Exactly. <laughs> okay. And that's why I need all four Midnight Boys, all hands on deck for this conversation. What is Grogu going to do? Can I tell you what I want him to do? Tell me. I want him to force choke Luke, say I'm leaving with Summer, Jesus Christ. and then take the chainmail and take the Yoda's lightsaber, and I'm like, I'm out. Violence only. <laughs> Wait, can I ask this really, really quick before we make our decisions? Does anybody think like culturally, it's a little messed up that Luke is like, here is an artifact from one of the last surviving members of your race. It's mine, but if you want to stay here, you're gonna have to pick this. And no. you can't pick the thing from you, your father. You are, you have, bro. I'm telling you, bro. It I'm just asking. All day, the day you were how born. many Yodas are bro, there out like there? The, the day you were born, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have one of my, one of my homegirls do your chart. 
and just see what was going on in the world. The like, the, like the day you were born. That is so negative. I already know his chart's problematic. Like, no, bro, I'm is, really asking. Bro, that is because so negative. If, if he's the last surviving member of this race, why would you not just give him? The artifact from Yoda. It belongs Be, to him. No, you talking it, Killmonger right now, bro, from Black Panther. Yeah, because Killmonger was right. <laughs> no, bro. Look, look. He's saying if you you can have this lightsaber if you're a Jedi. It's for Yoda. First of all, he said. First of all, he has to explain why he's got a tiny little lightsaber. You know what I mean? So he's just like, I already. By the way, we don't even need to go out and make you a lightsaber. This was Master Yoda's. Uh, they retconned that. By the way, this is Master Yoda's. In this tiny little lightsaber. This represents the Jedi. It's not, he's not trying to emotionally hold him hostage. He's saying, if you are a Jedi, you get to have this. It's a little, it's a little manipulative. It's very manipulative. Like, it's, think about it. He's, he's Obi-Wan Kenobi. His master wasn't like, all right, I got your dad's lightsaber, but if you want it, no, he's like, dog, that's your father. Here's the lightsaber. Take it. It's yours. He's also skipping a few steps in the Jedi path where you're like, okay, maybe you could make your own. Well, first of all, Obi Wan was old. Obi Wan was not. Have, yeah, Obi-Wan, but Grogu's Obi Wan didn't have to, to have to have no time to tongue wrestle. That's fine. Grogu's a baby. Grogu's Bro- a baby. You think he's ready for a lightsaber? Absolutely not. That nigga fifty. He's a baby. <laughs> he's a baby. He's a baby. Look, like, I say more like <laughs> he a can't toddler, even speak. But, but but so this this is what I would say. This is what I would say to all, to all of that stuff. Mando came and brought him the chainmails. The chainmails there. Luke is trying to just make the decision as clear to to Grogu as possible. The the, the he's trying to make the decision. This is look. This is a lightsaber. Represents the Jedi. Chainmail represents the Mandalorian. You have to choose a way. Which way are you gonna choose? It's not like he's like, yo, man. Like, hey, bro. You could go be a <laughs> bitch ass Mandalorian if you want to be. We be moving stuff around. You know what I'm saying? He's like, you know, it would have been cool if Luke would have put on footage from like uh, A New Hope. Like, I know, like, I ain't never seen a Mandalorian destroy a Death Star before. You can go do what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? And then Grogu finds the tape of him getting his hand chopped off by his dad, and then he's like, mm, pass. Yeah. Don't matter. Don't matter. Don't matter. What happened? In, don't matter. What happened in a rematch? What happened in a rematch? He's like, I'll stick with the guy who didn't lose his dad. How about like, that? Ooh, Steve! Spicy Steve! Well, well first of all, How can you stick stick with that if you're Grogu? Because you didn't lost everybody. You know what I'm saying? Grogu should relate to that. Before I was born. Yeah, so Grogu Grogu should relate to that. So Luke Luke is the man. Also, Luke Luke admits. He's like, like, yeah, it's not really like I'm teaching him. I'm just like reminding him. So if we want to be real, like Grogu is that man's mentor. He's like, dog, I got all the shit. I got amnesia. I'm going to be honest with you. That's what's going to happen, right? Well, go, 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 go. to me, Grogu's going to decide to be a Mandalorian because we're going to get Grogu and Mando together again in season three of The Mandalorian. Yeah. But what Grogu's going to realize is, fuck your lightsaber, nigga. <laughs> 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 like, you know what I'm saying? I'm glad you're going to stay here. By the way, I sense something bad's going to happen at this place. I'm just letting you know. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, glad that you want to stay here. And all of you got droids building the shit. I'm just letting you know, like, I get this real bad feeling, man. Vibes like, just off, man. Yeah, Bob's something, something, off something's here. off, bro. Something's off here. I get some feeling, something bad, something. But I'm, but I'm gonna go with my dad. I do think that it was important that he chose, though, because what we haven't seen for Grogu and his character very much is him having. Uh, any agency himself, him having yeah. any opportunity to make his own decisions. Everybody's made, and you know, Grogu's growing up, and everybody's made the best decision that they thought for the character. This is where he needs to go. This is where he needs to do. How do we know that Grogu, let me be honest with you, how do we know that Grogu wanted to go train with Luke in the first place? If we're being real, like, Luke himself, I think, feels bad. Like, I know I've been, like, shit-talking Luke. It's all jokes. I think Luke is the best Jedi of all time. I argued that. I do think the thing that like speaks to Luke's character is he knows that um, Grogu's heart isn't in it. He says it. And that's why like uh, Ahsoka is like, you're so much like your father because I do think that Luke feels bad because he wants to revive the Jedi Order. But the first student that he has who's so powerful in the Force obviously doesn't really want to do that. That's not where his heart lies. And that's actually what I like about Luke as a character is like, I think he's making Grogu choose because he knows that like, hey, I don't want to force Grogu to be here long term if, if this isn't what the path that he wants for himself. Who says Mandalorian? Who says Jedi? I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to be hard for me to turn down a lightsaber. I'm going to just be frank with your boy. If I was Grogu, <laughs> I'm taking the deadly weapon of force. That's just me. I you think look at Grogu's eyes. He was looking yeah, at the right? lightsaber like, ooh. Like a little like nice toy. I think ultimately he will choose the the armor. You know, we might have to steal the lightsaber later, but he will choose the armor and be with Mando in season three. I would choose the lightsaber personally. I'm trying to kill people with the hot laser sword. So right, Steve. Mando gets full custody, brought to Miami. Ooh. Easy. I don't think that's to Miami. What back to Cleveland then? Back to Jedi's Miami. He's going back to icy Jedi. Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. icy Cleveland. Okay. Yeah, I think the Jedi of Miami. Yeah. That's fine. He'll bring he'll bring home t- t- three more rings. Chuck. What I think is going to happen, I think he's going I think Yoda, baby Yoda is going to choose the chainmail. He's going to choose to be a Mandalorian, but then our Luke because he's he's our guy. He's the best Jedi of all time and be like, "Hey, you know what? Here's Yoda's lightsaber." Oh. So you think that he's going to choose it and because that also sets up because we also we we know that ultimately whether it's Grogu or uh, the Mandalorian, that whoever is to rule Mandalore, whoever comes back to Mandalore, is probably going to be somebody who's Force-sensitive or understands the ways of the Force, which some people argue that Mando already kind of does. But so maybe this is setting up Grogu to be that uh, sort of midpoint between the Jedi and the Mandalorians that can then lead all of Mandalore and someday maybe Wilt the Darksaber, which would be interesting because it's fucking 15 times bigger than him. Ahsoka says it in the episode where she's like, sometimes the student, she says something to the fact like sometimes the student guides the master. And I do think that like, this might be the first chip in in Luke's armor in terms of like, if Grogu picks a decision that's not so black and white, isn't Mandalorian Jedi, if he picks something in the middle, that might be like, hmm, maybe, maybe there's something here. Maybe I was being a little too rough. Right, right, true. Uh, I say he's going to pick the armor as well. A little cute little chainmail armor. I like a little cute Icy looking, like an iced out. Oh, 
Ooh, Ooh. little baby. All right, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Boba Fett. Okay. Um, do we need to talk about Boba Fett because the show doesn't <laughs> even care about him anymore? Well, we're, we're leading. We're leading into the finale. We got I a lot like of questions that. coming into this finale. I like that, Jomi. So why do we uh, why do we need to talk about Boba Fett, Van? Because it's his show. Is it? Uh, you would have. You would have fooled yeah. me. You would have fooled me. <laughs> it's Boba Fett's show, guys. You guys are being jerks. Mando it's went not- back to back. Got the drink and we going back to back. <laughs> Let's be honest. Mando isn't in this episode all that much. He's in it for more longer than Boba Fett is. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Okay. So I have thoughts. All right. So 60 seconds and Boba Fett doesn't even really say anything while he's here. Uh, now, <laughs> before we even get to any of these points, what does this mean? That Boba Fett's only in this show for 60 seconds. It is one of the greatest episodes of Star Wars TV ever. It means he's on Pack Watch. Book of Boba Fraud, man. I said it last oh, night. Oh, come on. God <laughs> damn it. See, I knew that we would take this too far. <laughs> well, yo, take a joke, man. Take a joke. Be Why joking. is he like, Boba we, Fraud? We with you, bro. <laughs> come on, dog. How y'all doing my guy like that, man? So, look. Let's talk about why. Seriously, because as they're making these shows, right, they're unaware of what the response to the Book of Boba Fett is going to be on the internet. They don't know that people are going to be like, hey, blah, blah, blah. So there's not a decision where somebody decided to go in and save the show by inserting the Mandalorian and Grogu into it in episodes uh, four and five. That's not the way this happened. This was part of a plea of a pre-planned narrative that the showrunners and the writers of the show wanted to have. This is what how they wanted things to be. I guess the question is, why? Was this... Did they hit a wall in writing this show for Boba Fett? I'm really interested to know this. Did they hit a wall and where they could go? Was, was there a situation to where... There was either too much story for Boba Fett that they had to shrink down or too little story that they had to blow up. Or were they looking for ways to shortcut into the Mandalorian season three uh, and give us Grogu and Mando together at episode one and not have to relitigate any of this stuff? Because to be honest with you, if episodes one and two of the Mandalorian were these two episodes, no one would give a fuck. They were so good that if these were the two premiere episodes of it, nobody would be like, hey, we needed more. Want to get to what's going on with Grogu. This would have been fine if they would have just saved these shows for episodes one and two of The Mandalorian. So I'm wondering for, for taking into consideration that they don't know that people were up or down on what they had done. I guess I'm asking, like, why? I Walking away from this episode, I started to think about the book of Boba Fett differently. And what I walked away with is, you have to really, like, you have to remember how big The Mandalorian was for Disney+. Plus. Like, that was the show that they launched with. That is the one that got them a boatload of subscribers in the beginning. And because of its popularity, the popularity of Baby Yoda, I think it went from being one of the first Star Wars shows to come out to being the axis on which the entire Star Wars universe 
really pivots now, at least on Disney+. Plus. So I think we have to think of Boba Fett differently. Instead of thinking like, oh, Boba Fett is launching his own mini-universe, we have to think about, oh, Boba Fett is existing in the Mandalorian's universe. Same thing with Ahsoka. So now, with these two episodes, it was setting the table for years of Star Wars uh, storytelling. Ahsoka, Luke is like, hey, will I ever see you again? And Ahsoka says something to the uh, effect of like, you know, maybe... Now we know where she's going off in her own series. And if she's, spoiler alert, I don't know if this is happening, but I'm assuming she's going to meet Ezra, the other Jedi from Rebels. Now they have a place to come back to. Now they have a Jedi temple. They have a, like, all right, now we know how Luke is in that story and Mando's in that story. I guarantee you Boba Fett is going to have something to do with how Mando tries to take over his home world. I'm starting to think that they were thinking of this more so as like, yeah, Mando was the center and all of these stories are revolving around it. They just didn't really pitch us on that. If, if what I'm saying is accurate. Huh? 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 Well, I think the more compelling story is how Boba got out of the Sarlacc pit and, you know, rejoined society. Right. But you can't really bring the Mandalorian. You can't really bring Grogu, you can't do all that stuff if it's if, if his whole story is set back in those times, right? So you supplement it with the, all right, I'm coming back to take over Mos Espa. The beginning of that story, like we've said, you know, for weeks has been kind of shaky and it hasn't gotten good until we, we saw Mando, until we saw Luke and everybody. So it is interesting to see. I don't, like, we're not in those rooms. We don't know, right? But I don't think that they thought that the beginning of him taking being a crime boss would be the most boring part of the whole show. So you guys know that I don't think it was the most boring part of the show. I think, I think episode four, I was dissatisfied with, right? But up to that, I had been loving the show. Episode four, I was dissatisfied with. And then Mando comes in uh, after that. I think they were doing, if the show was less compelling for, myriad reasons and that's fine we talked about that we, we were honest about that on the, on the podcast it's the way it goes sometimes you know but the decision to lean this so this heavy into like now our questions about this show have very little do very little to do with the Mandalorian if we're at with Boba Fett if we're at if we're being honest we want to know what Grogu's going to do we want to know uh well, we do want to know what happened with Garza Whip. So there are, there are things out there that tie to the storyline a little bit more. But I think the meat of this story was in Mandalorian lore. And even though I was defending the last episode so wholeheartedly, that's still an interesting choice to me. It's one thing to have one backdoor pilot in your season. It's another thing to have a backdoor pilot and then a follow-up episode to that. And For 25%, like, that's 25% of your season. Yeah, so it's, I, I really wonder what the thinking is here if you're trying to make Boba Fett an entity that can stand on his own. Now, if Boba Fett's going to become a secondary character in The Mandalorian and we're never going to get another season of Boba Fett, maybe that makes sense, but I'm, I'm wondering about that. So can I pitch you, because Steve, Steve and Jomi were talking about this before we were on the air. If this had a different name, if this was... The Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, or something to that effect, where we knew it was under the banner of the Mandalorian. Do you feel like people would have been 
less tough on it because we're like, oh, the Mandalorian is in the name. Of course, this is telling his story. We're just going off on this side adventure for a little bit, but it's going to tie back to the main franchise. Do you think people would have been a little easier on it? Uh, No, because they would have been waiting to see the Mandalorian and you had to wait for four episodes to see him. So it's like the, 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 the show in and of itself. I mean, if this show was more a generic Star Wars show, but it's not, it's about one guy. It's the book of Boba Fett. You know what I mean? It's about, I mean, I'm just being for real. It's a, it, it, like, it's a, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like this before. Like, it's, it's, it's wild. Yeah. Like it's, and I'm not, look, you guys, we're getting great television. So certainly we're not nitpicking here. My job, our job is to talk about the show though. But in terms of what this does for Boba Fett's character, there's a possibility that when it's all said and done, that this show actually hurt Boba Fett's lore overall, that it minimized him a little bit or that it, it, because it's very difficult to expand upon a character that's that mysterious and give people what they want. And I thought they were doing a just fine job of that, but to veer away from it and like prop up your, <laughs> I was going to say your shinier guy and it's, Literally, you're shining your character. It's just, it's just very interesting. Very interesting. All right, so this might be hot take territory before we get off this. I do think, depending upon what happens in the last episode, we went into this. Boba Fett, to me, was still the more popular Mandalorian. It was like Boba Fett and then Mando. By the end of this, I don't know. The Mandalorian might be more important in terms of just like the larger consciousness of like, when you think about the Mandalorian, who do you think of? You think of Mando and Baby Yoda, not Boba Fett. At least a certain generation of Star Wars viewers because that's what the universe thinks of Boba Fett. Huh. It's true. It's true. I, I think I only see these two episodes as a possible detriment to Boba Fett only because we know that we only have one episode left. We've seen the, the, like, the, these types of things. Jomi, you're watching Clone Wars right now. You'll see this a couple of times where there will be arcs in multi-episode seasons of a show that will just veer off to explore different characters for two or three episodes. Won't even, we'll, we'll just dive off from the main plot and to see what these, these two episodes are going to be doing with these characters. Normally, that's fine if we know that we have a lot more real estate to play with with these characters. For right now, we've been sort of dissatisfied with how Boba's been presented to us. And now at the penultimate episode, we haven't seen him for two. Right. And now we were going to be like, all right, give us something that's going to be bringing all these great things together. To know that we don't have that much kind of time, I kind of wish Boba would have reclaimed his time a bit from the Mandalorian because uh, I thought I thought it was integral for him to in this episode. Oh like, no, I mean, yeah. no, 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 no! I'm gonna be honest no, no. with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. Once I saw Baby Yoda, sure, all bets are off. <laughs> <when you laughs> like, well, like, well, I get it. Once I like once I saw Gro- once I saw Grogu, literally, bro, all bets are off. Like. Like I wasn't thinking about anything. It could have been the Rihanna show, and I'd have been into. Oh, look at the little baby. He's a little force baby. He's a little. You know what he is? He's a little force baby. I love him so much. My own dog was coming up to me. He's like, Dad, I need to go out. I need to go out. I'm like, Shut up. Hold it. Hold it. Baby Yoda's. You guys know how much I love Bozeman. He is my baby Yoda. He's my guy. <gasps> the Mandalorian baby Yoda. If baby, baby Yoda or Mando shows up in Ahsoka, this is my final question. Like, let's say Ahsoka and or all of these shows, if they have a Mandalorian problem where Mando or baby Yoda shows up, are we going to be pissed? Like, dog, y'all, like, y'all got to figure out how these shows stand on their own. 
I, I, I don't, don't think, think so. Yeah. See, you know, look, or it, or maybe the Mandalorian is gonna remember when Iron Man three came out and everybody. Well, I loved it, by the way. I was about to say, who's everybody? I loved, I loved it. Iron I'm Man 3 came out. And then they were I'm like, everybody. Right. I was like, no more Iron Man movies. We're just going to put Iron Man in every movie. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, no no more Iron Man movies. Just every movie has Iron Man in it. Civil War, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Iron Man, Iron Man, Iron Man, Iron Man. Iron Man. You know what I mean? He's like, we're going to do it like that. Could the Mandalorian end up being Star Wars' Iron Man? Absolutely. Sure. But the pro- but the problem is, that's not gonna work, bro. <laughs> they need to have these other characters fucking developed enough to carry their own shows. I don't. Well, I don't think so. Here's the thing with Boba, we only see Boba in the in Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back, right? He's not like super integral. Like he's popular. He's you know people think he's cool, but he's not Ahsoka, who has how many seasons of Clone Wars lore and Rebels, and all that stuff, right? There's a different connection to that character than to Boba Fett. So I think no matter what happens in the Ahsoka show, you know, I don't know who's all in it. I, we Like, we assume the plot is her trying to find Ezra. People know Ezra. There's going to be a lot of through lines through more canon for Ahsoka than there is for Boba Fett, I feel like. And so there's going to be, we're going to be more attached to the people in that show than this show. And I think that works for her benefit. So if Mando shows up, we're going to be like, oh, they're taking away from Ahsoka because there's going to be so much going on through Clone Wars lore, through Rebels lore, that we're going to be like, cool, if Mando shows up, takes over for a little bit, steps back, versus this, where we've only known Boba Fett from Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, and his appearances on Mando and this show which pales to compare to Ahsoka. So I think if we're just going for those two, I think Ahsoka will fare better if Mando does show up versus Boba Fett. We'll we'll see. All right, guys, look. That was episode six. I feel like I went through the emotional ringer on that episode. I did too. God, I loved it so much. You know, guys, I I got to say one thing before we go. Look, I love the episode so much. It's just not a Boba Fett episode. It is. It's DJ Khaled Boba Fett episode. Like I said before, the DJ Khaled. It's DJ Khaled. <laughs> Boba Fett's DJ Khaled. Okay? So episode six. This is track six of Boba Fett's album. <laughs> All we do is crime. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is Boba Fett's album. Another one in most Espa. He is the the he's the DJ Khaled. And look, Khaled's had some hits. Like, think about it. Boba came on just for 30 seconds, barely said anything. That's what he did. It's Boba Fett, DJ Khaled. We have the finale of this coming up next week, and we are going to be here to talk about it. No one knows anything that's going to happen. We're not sure what's going on with the Pike Syndicate War. We're not sure what happened to Garza Whip. We don't know what decision our young Grogu is going to make. We have no fucking clue but we're loving it we're loving it overall let me just ask you guys real quick how is the book of Boba Fett as a show how are you guys liking it 
You mean Mandalorian season three? I'm in. I'm tapped See? in. Uh, this is amazing. That's All timer. Okay. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. All right. That is a wrap for us. Friday, the House of R returns with their deep dive on the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, next Wednesday, the Midnight Boys are going to be back to give our reactions to the season finale of the Book of Boba Fett. Um, at Ringiverse is on Facebook, IG, Twitter, and now on Reddit at R Ringiverse, where I am known as a diversity hire. <laughs> Uh, join and send questions, ideas, and thoughts. Shout out to Jonathan Bartlett, who made our and the House of R's brand new show art, which is great. It's amazing. We love, we love amazing. it so, so much. Also, check out on the feed right now, me and Mallory Rubin, who talked about Peacemaker. How y'all, how y'all feeling about Peacemaker? It's fucking amazing. It's it like it's it's really it's good stuff. It's having a lot of fun. With we got a great. We got a great. We got a solid. Steve, what was yours? I lo- I thought it was great. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Fun TV. Yeah. Superman likes to if Shane and old even sign. It's very no. funny. Uh, <laughs> producer credits. <laughs> our producer is Selma Steve Allman, the cuddly sacktivist bear. Uh, Jomi the Explainer Adeneron is on socials hashtag free Jomi um, and our additional produce, production is from Arjuna Ramgapal now you guys before we get out of here next week we have to tell the story about the first time that Arjuna came over to my house to hang and how he was acting and how he behaved worse than the chicken finger bandit in ways it was worse <laughs> wow we'll talk <laughs> don't about do Arjuna week. like this in ways in ways it was worse in no, ways, it mask. was much worse. In ways, it was much worse. Charles, take us out. The Midnight Boys have new artwork. Baby Yoda got that new drip. And I would like to say we got to pull one out for Crispy Crispy Garza Flip. <laughs> <laughs> You want to know why uh, Luke reminded me of one of my worst sporting coaches ever? I used to wrestle and I was very bad. Luke looks at Baby Yoda. He's like, jump. And like he, Baby Yoda does a little mini jump. He's like, no, use the fucking force. Jump. And I used to have a wrestling coach. They, I was so mediocre at wrestling. They gave me a nickname, not because I was good, but because like they wanted the other team to, to fear me and then watch me get my ass kicked. They call me Hurricane Holmes. And one day they're like, all right, we're going to fuck with him. <laughs> So they like, they cheer my name. They're like, Hurricane, Hurricane. And like the whole auditorium is looking like, who is this bad motherfucker? Who's about to run out? And like the whole team's looking at me like, Hurricane Holmes, we've never heard of this kid. Who is this kid? And I'm about to run out. My coach grabs me by the arm. He's like, because of that fucking stunt, if you don't win this fucking match, don't bother come back. Just walk out of the gym. And I was the most scared. I like, I turned into fucking LeBron. Like I was I'm like, I'm gonna kill this kid. I, I like, I can't face this person. I was like, oh, that's Luke as a teacher. He's like, if you don't jump, just go. Leave this fucking planet. You're, you're <laughs> blessing where there's, and then you see like Grogu like, all right, I'll jump for you. Luke is just like really harsh on him. Uh, did you win the match? Yes. Oh, <laughs> so it worked. The worst. Because he put the fear of God in me. Oh, see, look, you just, uh, Charles, you're the best person in the world 
of making a great point that cuts against your own argument. <laughs> like, like, you're like, no one is better at that than you are. You just completely validated why Luke was as hard on Grogu as it was. Your coach brought the best out of you. Did you really think the motherfucker wasn't going to let you all back on the team? He was just trying to motivate yeah, you. Yeah, I was happened. scared of him. I love how your wrestling career was a Disney movie. <laughs> like, it's at the end of Lucas or some shit like that. That was amazing right there. 